The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcasts. My name is John Boccasino here on Believe, being joined by Jamie D'Amico. We are roaring along with our State of the Buffalo Bills off-season podcast series. Hard to believe, Jamie. We are past the halfway point in these we spent a lot of time in our last episode talking about the defensive line an area that has caused a lot of concern and consternation for bills fans heading into 2021 and this this week's topic is one that while there's not as many players obviously at the linebacking room than there are in the defensive tackles and defensive ends linebacker is still a topic that is a really hot button issue it feels like for Buffalo Bills fans, albeit one that has become a little bit more clear with what the team has done this offseason, starting with the extension that Matt Milano re-signed a four-year deal worth approximately $44 million with roughly $26 million guaranteed. It's a deal that, Jamie, I don't think a lot of Bills fans thought Brandon Bean could pull off and execute given the tight nature that Buffalo had against the salary cap. So let's start there. Before the offseason, I know I didn't think Milano was going to re-sign with Buffalo. How surprised were you with the move? I was super surprised because it seemed like Matt Milano wanted to test free agency and he wanted to get top dollar. And lo and behold, they figure out a way to bring him in without crushing their salary cap. He came in for under market rate and I never saw it coming, but Give kudos to this current administration with the Buffalo Bills. People love playing there. And I think more than anything, that's why Matt Milano is back. He easily could have tested the market and gotten a Levante David type of contract offer. You know, he could have easily excelled. And I I stand corrected. It's 24 million guaranteed, not 26, but still to pay him 24 guaranteed over four years, I believe the hit in 21 is only $7 million, 
which again, for a cash strapped team like the Buffalo Bills were financially, this deal is a dream come true for Brandon Bean, because again, you know, he talked all year long and all off season Bean did about wanting to run it back, wanting to bring back his own key free agents. And with the fact that Milano, who vastly outplayed his fifth-year deal, could have tested the free agent waters and decided not to, that's a huge sign, like you said, to players wanting to play in Buffalo, what Buffalo is building, and the fact that Buffalo is a free agent destination. Um, I just I love the fact that Milano's back. I love the fact that it's on a team-friendly deal. And it th- when this domino fell into place – Everything else kind of became gravy because, you know, Buffalo's, if you lose Milano, now you're talking about uncertainty at your your best cover linebacker, uncertainty at your number two, uh, your outside linebacker, and, and, and really in a market where there just weren't a lot of quality linebackers out there. Matt Milano was going to be the name, so... I just every all around I give this deal an A plus. I mean, honestly, it's it's one of those I was so stunned when I saw the contract offer and the contract numbers come through that you're like, this is just it's it's unbelievable. There's no other way to to put it. I mean, that's I I just can't be more excited about a player coming back. He's in the prime of his career, and we saw this past season what happens when Milano's not on the field. The defense just falls apart. Tremaine Edmonds, his play drops way off when he doesn't have Matt Milano next to him. And Tremaine Edmonds, there's a name. Yeah, Buffalo's starting middle linebacker is obviously uh, one of those very key cogs on on the defense. And he forms what Buffalo Bills fans thought were going to be the solid quarterback of the defense when he was taking number 16 overall in that 2018 draft, along with Josh Allen, the number seven pick. But Edmonds has definitely disappointed. I mean, let's be honest. He made the Pro Bowl last year, and I'm not really quite sure what numbers they were looking at to give. It must have been reputation alone because Edmonds definitely had a below average season. I know he was battling injuries. I know he was definitely not um, healthy, but he and Milano – actually, Jamie, this is a good, uh, good talking point because I think Buffalo Bills fans are quick to judge players on their health. And obviously you're only as good as when you're on the field to compete. Before we get over there to Tremaine Edmonds, I want to talk about Milano and this injury status that seems to have come with him these last couple of years. People think he is an injury prone guy at times. Um, And he did miss six games in 2020. And like you said, the bills were worse off without him. You saw it against the Tennessee Titans on that Tuesday night game. You saw it against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, when they ran wild Clyde edwards Lair, and the Chiefs ran for 200-plus yards. Do you think that Milano is an injury-prone guy, or is this just a streak where it happened during the most unusual of years? I don't think he's injury-prone. I think that he has had a couple of injuries. He had the broken ankle at, at the end of the year a couple seasons ago and then he had the injury this year but the majority of the time he takes a hundred percent of the snaps and he's on the field and you know we sort of feel like he has this reputation but the statistics just don't bear out well and i think that the absence your the absence of milano is magnified uh when he's not out there because then you're talking about 
you know, thrusting AJ Klein into a starting role um, and seeing more snaps for Tyler Maticavich, who should only be a special teamer, even though he's got a pretty hefty salary for a special teams only linebacker. I, I was looking up during my research for this um, podcast and the previous three seasons, Milano missed four total games uh, over three years compared to the six in 2020. So I'm not willing to put an injury prone label at all. I think he's a tough, durable linebacker. And really, Jamie, what gets me the most about Matt Milano? I, I was disappointed, as were most Bills fans, in the AFC Championship game with how Buffalo failed to contain Travis Kelsey um, because the first matchup with Kansas City, Milano was not out there. So when he comes back, you're thinking, all right, you know, his skill is in slowing down and containing the tight ends. And that was just not the case in the AFC Championship game. But I'm willing to write that off as losing to a freak of nature who is one of the top two tight ends in his position out there in Kelsey. I just, I don't know. I'm so, I, I want to go back to Milano and I, I know we're spending more time on this, but this is the state of the Bills linebackers pod. Um, Milano's skills are so underappreciated. I feel like not by Bills fans, but just by the metrics folks across the league. And maybe that's why Milano didn't get more money on the market because it's hard to look into his numbers and they don't, it's not like he's an aggressive guy who gets after the quarterback, but his abilities in pass coverage, his abilities to again, match up with the better tight ends in the league. That to me, Jamie, if the, that's why, if you take him out of the equation, Buffalo's defense is exponentially worse. I know that's a captain obvious statement, but that's why it's so exciting to have Milano back because he brings skills to the table that Buffalo doesn't have otherwise. In order to get recognition across the league, what you need is to be a sexy stat accumulator the sacks, the tackles, and you need to you need to just keep piling on in order for people to take notice. And the way the Bills defense is set up, tackles are funneled to Tremaine Edmonds and guys like Matt Milano are filling filling gaps and staying in their lane and reacting and taking on blockers, keeping people off of Tremaine Edmonds. And that's really why we're seeing him overlooked because if he's doing a good job in coverage, they're just not throwing to his guy. And, you know, that doesn't really end up in this in, you know, written down in the stat book. But if he lets his guy get open and his guy say tips the ball up in the air and then he intercepts it, you know, it doesn't show in the statistics that he had poor coverage and got lucky. It shows that he got an interception. So, that's why he's not getting the recognition we as Bills fans think he deserves because we as Bills fans see him game in and game out really at times dominating and being the best player on defense. You're, you're right. And, and he is, he does have those flashes where he is the best player. He is a game changer. I think it's important to note that tackle stat where, yeah, everything does get funneled Tremaine Edmonds's way. So Milano, Milano gets a lot of freedom. To, to, to see the field and to react as he needs to, which again, he has totally outplayed uh, what his contract was as a fifth rounder, fifth rounder out of Boston College. The knock on him his first couple of years in the league too was he wasn't the best in, uh, in pass coverage, but in, in the run stuffing too, he could be pushed around a bit when a team was getting their big guys moving downfield, trying to run the ball on Buffalo. And he really has improved 
in his abilities on the run defensive side of things um, as well. He's really become proficient in both man and zone coverage. I don't know. That's why to me, Jamie, you know, we, we did this debate where, you know, last off season, if Buffalo could only bring back one Deion Dawkins or Matt Milano. And I know I went with Dawkins because of that blindside tackle protection was more important, but Milano, now that he's back, I, again, I'm just having such a, a appreciation for his value on this team because he really is the prototypical linebacker that Leslie Frazier needs, someone who's good in zone, someone who's adept and, and skilled in man coverage, and he can blitz pretty well, too, without mm-hmm. it being so blatantly obvious that he's going to come rushing off the edge. That is an underrated aspect of his game, for sure. All right, so we, we've broken down Milano. We're glad that he's coming back to uh, to be one of the anchors on this defense. Now let's switch over again to Tremaine Edmonds, who is another one of those. He, almost more so than Milano, is a lightning rod for critics uh, in Buffalo. And maybe this is one of those cases where the hometown boy is scrutinized more locally than nationally. Because, again, Tremaine has a reputation as being one of the best young up-and-coming linebackers in the league, he made his second Pro Bowl this season. He did finish second on the team in tackles um, behind Jordan Poyer. And the Bills have an interesting decision coming up with Tremaine Edmonds, and it's the fifth-year option. Before I give you my thoughts, Jamie, break it down. What do you think about Tremaine Edmonds and the fifth-year option for Buffalo's middle linebacker? Tremaine Edmonds is a great athlete. But I think that if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I don't exercise that fifth-year option. Did you expect me to say that? Nope, I did not. I actually think we disagree for for one of the few times in recent history. Tell me why you don't want to give him the option. Well, I, I think he's overrated, and he's put into a position to succeed with the Buffalo Bills. And we've seen it this past season. He is not the most instinctual player out there. Um, he gets sideline to sideline really well. He does make some excellent plays, but you know, when, when an offensive lineman connects with him, he's run right out of the play. And for somebody whose job it is to be the main guy uh, on, on the running plays, he's got to do better than that. Um, and I think that you could light a fire under this guy by not exercising his fifth year option. And then signing him for slightly less money than you would be able to otherwise. Now, you have to make sure that he realizes that he's appreciated. And I think that you are better when you have more good athletes. And I think the Buffalo Bills defense does need some some more athleticism, at least from a uh, from a depth standpoint. And you don't want to you don't improve by taking away good players. And the only way I would decline his fifth year option is if I knew for sure that I had a plan, a plan to replace him should he decide to walk. But I don't think he's as good as his reputation nationally. And I don't think he's as good as what he'll be making under that fifth year, which is going to probably run him up into the 13 million category. Yeah, it's a 12.79 million is the fifth year option figure uh, if Buffalo were to exercise it for Tremaine Edmonds. I look, people on this podcast know I'm a glass half full, optimistic, rose colored glasses Bills fan. And that's that's been the issue with with Tremaine is I I viewed him through these you know glass half full uh, perspective where he hasn't lived up to the status 
uh, on paper of being the number 16 overall pick, this dynamic playmaker out of Virginia Tech. But I also want to give him some credit for he was injured last year. Like a lot of the buff shoot, every football player is injured, but Tremaine Edmonds was really battling a series of injuries that I think took him away from his, his pure skill set of what he's able to do, getting after shedding blockers, um, being that solid disruptive force that Buffalo is expecting. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because of a, the injuries he battled in 2020 and B, and I get accused by my friends all the time of, of thinking that this man walks on water, but not having star Latulale in 2020, I think really had an adverse effect on Tremaine Edmonds because the guys were able to get through the first wave of Buffalo's defenses, whether it's Harrison Phillips or whether it's Ed Oliver, they didn't have the run stuffer that the bills were used to in 2019. And that made Tremaine Edmonds, maybe his flaws were exposed because of that. I want to see what happens with a healthy star out there and how that's going to boost Tremaine's play in 2020. For me, Jamie, I am picking up the fifth year. Op- I am picking up the fifth year option. Um, I, I don't know how much confidence I would have in the team um, to be able to work out a long-term deal with Tremaine, mostly because I feel like Tremaine would take it as an affront and he might get motivated, but he also might price himself out of what Buffalo is able to um, afford with this position as well. And look, I'm telling you, there is an article that was written after the offseason where Edmonds basically said he's got to go back to the drawing board. He knows people are sleeping on him. He's going to wake them all up and let them know what he can do. Now, clearly those are just words. They're not actions on the field, but I think Edmonds already has that fire lit inside of him to be the best that he can be and to, to, to put the doubters to silence them. I feel like Buffalo, if they don't pick up the fifth year option, they're setting themselves up to see their 23 year old linebacker walk versus coming back. I hear that a lot, that he's only 23 years old, but at some point, the potential has to become production, and he's at that crossroads right now. I just also feel like the, 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 the term that gets bantied around about a lot is rare athlete, and yeah. the athleticism that Tremaine does display, you can't teach that. I mean, so that's why right. I feel like if, and especially with his backfield mate Milano coming back, I, I'm so excited to see what this defense will do running it back in 2021, because if you notice when the Buffalo Bills, they were a different team after the bye week, after the loss on the Hale Murray play, Buffalo's defense just turned it up to a whole different level. And Edmonds himself, I think he bounced back very nicely from a, a really, I mean, he was getting thrown to the wolves the first four games of the season when Buffalo was just, and especially, again, the Kansas City and the Titans game when they were running all over um, the defense. I just feel like Edmonds is one of those really good bounce-back candidates um, who is going to thrive, if you will, in the defense in 2021. And if I'm Brandon Bean, I bring him back, especially knowing that the Bills definitely – they've invested so much time uh, in this player. I know he's only 23, but think about it. The Bills drafted him. He was 20. He couldn't legally drink and he was starting at middle linebacker. And I'm, I don't want to believe that those glimpses of potential that we see are just that well, flashes in the pan. There's also a case to be made that he's being misused. He was a, he was an outside linebacker in college. He's a middle linebacker for the Buffalo Bills. Would he be a better player 
at outside linebacker where he can get after the quarterback more often, where he doesn't have offensive guards coming and blocking him on running plays. You know, I have always thought that he's miscast in the middle of the defense. I know why they want him there because he's such a good athlete and he's excellent in coverage too. I think a case can be made that you use him as an outside backer, but they're not going to do that now because the Bills really only have two linebackers on the field at any given time, and that's Matt Milano's position. Yeah, and and I don't I don't want to turn over the keys to the to the Mike position to uh, Milano because he he thrives no. at what he does being on the outside, and I just I hope that with seasoning and with more. Um, time to review film and study where he's coming up short, that Edmonds will again revert back to that linebacker that he was at Virginia Tech. It's really interesting, Jamie. I don't give a ton of credence. I mean, they are what they are. Pro Football Focus had Edmonds as the 32nd ranked linebacker that played at least 700 snaps. That's not good. But somehow he made the Pro Bowl based on that reputation. That's not good at all. (laughs) So do you extend a player that ranked that low? You say yes. I say yes. I say yes with, you know, the. I, I say they give him the fifth-year option because I feel like that's what this – I think Tremaine Edmonds is the player that the fifth-year option was built for when it comes to same, – like, same thing with Trey White uh, before the Bills got their contract extension worked out with their stud cornerback. You don't give the fifth-year option to someone who could be a middling pro. You give them to someone who has those skills that – show you um, the the reasons why you drafted them. And I know I'm speaking in vagaries here, but I feel like if, 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 if Edmonds wasn't a freak of nature athlete, I wouldn't give him this extension. But because I feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface on his potential, that's why I give him the extension. I gotcha. Kind of a kind of a broad theory to go off of, but that's what I would do with our our fifth year linebacker. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, Jamie, I, I know there's other linebackers on this team, and we definitely want to spend a little bit of time on a couple of this motley crew of, of backups, starting with A.J. Klein, who was another one of those fan favorite whipping boys for his just, I don't know, not flat out good play. And then something funny happened in 2021. AJ Klein actually had a period where he was Buffalo's best linebacker and he showed 
exactly why Brandon Bean brought him in. Was that a mirage or do you think Klein can build upon uh, the, the solid play that he had in 2021? Well, it's interesting because it seems as though Leslie Frazier tried to plug him into the defense to replace Matt Milano and just, you know, do sort of a, a plug and play philosophy with it. And that didn't work out. What they did was they figured out what he did well. And what he did not do well was get to the sidelines. And he's just not quite fast enough. He wasn't great in man to man coverage on running backs or tight ends. However, when they put him in the middle of the field and brought and brought um, Tremaine Edmonds to the side of the defense, basically playing outside linebacker, we saw them put him in a position to succeed and his play matched the quality of his hair. Yes, that's right. AJ Klein has some of the best hair on the Buffalo Bills, and it makes me jealous. <laughs> He definitely does have quite an impressive mane. And I think it's interesting to see, um, Jamie, that what you mentioned, you know, AJ Klein actually, believe it or not, was one of the better blitzers that Buffalo had. I was surprised at how proficient he was at blitzing from the linebacker spot and getting after the quarterback. Um, He really, but you're right, he is not someone that you want running sideline to sideline. He is a north south straight line linebacker he is someone who if you go from point a to point b in the fastest he will be a good asset as a linebacker if you make him run the lateral moves the sideline to sideline he's going to get blown up and he's just going to be exposed for not being the quick linebacker that buffalo needs and you know he also is not that great his strengths are in the run stuffing in being a run stopper He is not great in pass coverage. I believe he allowed 73% of the passes thrown his way to be completed. That's not good, Bob. Oh, my God. That's terrible. 73%. Uh, Three out of every four passes thrown AJ Klein. And it's a double-edged sword because he also had the bills and pass breakups. So you can figure why because teams are like, let's throw at this guy. And he would break one up out of every four. And then the other three out of four, he'd give up his completion. I, I mean, seven, at 75%, how much higher would the completion percentage to be if nobody was covering the receiver at all? <laughs> That's I mean, good- you, you have to consider that. <laughs> if there was just a black hole out there versus AJ Klein. <laughs> right. And, you know, I... I I like that they figured out what to do with the guy, and he seemed to take to his backup role pretty well. He's being paid handsomely as a backup, and I think they expected more from him. I think they expected him to be more of a Lorenzo Alexander kind of player that they could keep on the field regularly, and he just didn't quite show that ability. The Bills do put him on the field when they have three linebackers, and that's usually when the other team has a fullback on the field and they're too wide. He's going to stay a depth character in my book. And, you know, hopefully they they can play to his strengths when he is on the field. And, you know, that's coaching. And part of the reason he looked bad out there is they didn't put him in a position to succeed. And when they figured out what they had in him, he looked a lot better. Credit, you know, credit McDermott and Frazier for figuring that out, but also subtract points and give them demerits because it took them a while to do that. Yeah, you have to realize that A.J. Klein is, again, a depth piece. I mean, he did show his skills in getting AFC Defensive Player of the Week in the Week 12 win over the Chargers, but he is not somebody that you want to be stepping in full-time as a starting linebacker. He's more of a 
30, 35% type of guy who in small bursts can definitely give you some productive performance on the field. And, uh, and speaking of depth, Tyrell Dodson uh, is also one of those guys who has shown some promise when filling in for both uh, Edmonds and Milano uh, at the linebacking spot. Um, I thought he was going to get more of a look and instead they gave it to AJ Klein uh, to fill in. What do you think about Tyrell Dodson and his abilities? An interesting player because that's a guy who the Bills seem to like quite a bit. And I I thought that he was a guy that was going to end up on the field and that they would hold on to, but it doesn't seem that way. He's a guy that the Bills held on to, even though he had a domestic violence issue. And I think they're looking at him as a depth piece. He seems like the kind of guy who's probably going to improve over time. He showed that he had a little bit of a little bit of moxie out there on the field, but at this point, I don't see him elevating his play to the level of being a starter. He's got two things going for him. He's a good special teams contributor, and he's athletic and can play all three of the linebacking positions. I feel like, therefore, he's a perfect depth piece, but nothing more. Uh, someone who can fill in, again, in a competent fashion, but not be a anchor of the defense, which, again, the Bills are all about building up the depth uh, at their key positions, which is important. You need guys who can you know, be decent contributors when they're called upon. And I think Tyrell Dodson with his athleticism and how versatile he can be, he's definitely a valued member in that regard. I will quickly touch on Tyler Matikiewicz. He's special teams and special teams only. And that's all there is to the story. The last three, Jamie, I want to hit on real quick. Andre Smith, uh, who was brought back along with Markel Lee and Tyrell Adams, uh, who were signed via free agency deals. Of those three, I'm actually really excited to see what Tyrell Adams can do, whether 2020 was a fluke or whether he finally has realized some of his potential and can be a really solid uh, depth linebacker. What are your thoughts on that trio? I think that given the opportunity to play, he was able to put up some decent stats. He shows some very good instincts out on the field, but his game needs some work. He doesn't necessarily do well taking on blockers. He can be... Uh, you can be caught up in misdirections. Kind of sounds like a different linebacker on the roster, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but he seems like the kind of guy who's on the rise. And it's great that Buffalo is looking at the depth is something that they needed to improve upon because that going into this past season was something both of us were very concerned about was depth at linebacker. We said, gosh, they really can't handle having too many injuries at linebacker. But lo and behold, that's what ended up happening. So here they are with Brennan Bean bringing guys in off the street and the draft hasn't even happened yet and the depth is already greatly improved. So uh, Adams, I think this guy is probably going to get some time on the field and hopefully he can play special teams too. Uh, As for the other guys, uh, Markel Lee is just depth, may not make the roster and um, Andre Smith, they love his special teams ability. So I would imagine he's going to stick around because he just got signed for a vet minimum. Yeah, he's definitely an affordable guy and a good special teams contributor. Markel Lee has had flashes again in his career, but he just can't seem to stay healthy. Um, he's good in recognizing the play in front of him. But if you're not on the field because of injury, what good is that talent out there? I, I think he's exactly that depth and competition for the team 
during off season and during the preseason. And Adams, I'm actually really excited to see what the Bills can do with this guy because his numbers, when you break them down, he was a better performer than Tremaine Edmonds. And Edmonds made the Pro Bowl in 2020. I, I loved, I was actually surprised at just how good of a player Adams was in his one year starting with the Texans. I hope that what they're doing is bringing him in to push Edmonds, as a matter of fact, to say, hey, step up your game because we got a guy right behind you. And he's young enough and he's 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 talented enough. He's not the best in pass coverage, but um, his abilities, you know, again, to just be a freak on the field. I think he's a really nice uh, low risk, high reward type signing. And the best part is, Jamie, exactly right. The Bills now have depth to play with. And you, when you've got guys at the bottom of the 53 who are scrapping to get their spots on the roster, they're going to push to make everybody else better above them. And I don't think the Bills have to worry about depth at this position because they've got guys who can come in and hopefully, you know, push each other so that, you know, the Bills can now focus on taking the best player available in the draft versus having to reach to get a linebacker to replace Matt Milano. Absolutely. And you may see a linebacker get drafted anyway, because the Bills are at a point where they have most of their starting, all of their starting positions spoken for, with the exception of maybe uh, left guard. They're just bringing in good players wherever they can this offseason, and the depth, the improvement in the roster is going to be there, and I'm very excited to see what the draft is going to bring. Well, it's been a fun recap here of the state of the linebackers on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Please get involved and give us your thoughts on Buffalo's linebacking core and what you think about the fifth-year option for Tremaine Edmonds and what Matt Milano brings to this defense. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, get involved with us on social media. Jamie is on Twitter at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. You can also find us uh, on our articles on buffalorumblings.com. Get involved. Give us your feedback. We want to make this an interactive show, so give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Jamie, thanks, as always, for waking up early and uh, giving us your insights on the Buffalo Bills linebackers. Man, there's nothing more gratifying than being John Boccasino's sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you at your word on that one, buddy, especially first thing in the morning here. So we appreciate our fans stopping by to check out Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Our state of the Buffalo Bills offseason series turns to the secondary next week. Uh-huh.